You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again at OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular podcast offered online because it's always based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you make smarter trades. So thanks so much for tuning in today. We've got an awesome show for you guys. And the only thing I can say right now is thank you. Uh, we're through our first 10 episodes on this podcast, which is just crazy to believe in. And honestly, I should have started a long time ago. I should have listened to my wife a long time ago, right? But that's that's what a lot of men can say anyway. Uh, but we've had a phenomenal uh, amount of feedback. We've had thousands and thousands of downloads and subscribers on iTunes and SoundCloud, and it's been awesome. And the reviews have been awesome. But again, if you haven't had a chance to review this podcast and you started to listen and, and you've just listened to either this episode or a couple, please go over there and, and throw a review in iTunes. It would really help us for our rankings um, and definitely help other readers or listeners who are out there who might not know about us. And of course, as to as of tonight, doing this podcast, we're still the number one new and noteworthy podcast in the investing section, which is just awesome. So again, thank you guys so much. So tonight we've got a really, really great show for you guys, and it's all about strategy selection. And I wanted to follow up with this podcast after show number 10, which was about using that checklist that we had gone through with the top seven things that you need to be checking for every trade. But I know that people are going to have the question because I continuously get the same types of questions from our members. So I'm here tonight, hopefully, to finally put kind of an end and put a nail in the coffin about strategy selection. And I think people overcomplicate this area of options trading, and it's far easier than they think. But again, it's just overcomplicated with all the buzz and kind of garbage that's out there. So I'm here to tell you that obviously this the secret to picking the right option strategy is elimination and not selection. So that's really, really key, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And then you'll want to stick around because in the closing bell segment that we have at the end of every one of our shows here on the Option Alpha podcast, we're going to be looking at three different examples and kind of going through the different strategies that we could use for three stocks. In particular, we're going to be looking at OIH, which is an oil ETF. We're going to be looking at Yahoo, Y-H-O-O, and we're also going to be looking at MasterCard, M-A. And I think that's going to give us a really good example for every kind of market situation that we have as to the different types of strategies that we could pick for those stocks. And again, kind of really put some context and some actionable advice into what you guys are learning here on tonight's show. So before we dive in there, I want to just tell you that, you know, the reason that I feel like some people have a really tough time with options is because unlike stocks, where you only have two choices, right? If you're going to trade stocks, you either buy the stock and go long the stock, or you sell the stock and go short, right? There's really not too much black and white. It's, you know, buy or sell. But with options, we have so many different choices, which creates such a creativity, which is why I love it, because there's a lot of different strategies that work in completely different markets. And I think when people make that transition, whether you've made it recently or you've made it before in the past, you know that it's hard to go from an arena where it's very black and white. You either buy or sell it to a type of investing category where 
you can make money in a given range or you know you can make money if the stock goes above a given range or below a given range so that creativity also creates a little bit of confusion and i think this is where people kind of really fumble when it comes to picking the right strategy so before we get into you know kind of my process for picking the strategy and i think this kind of easy three-step process is going to be hopefully groundbreaking for you guys and again you know, kind of put this thing to rest about how to pick the right strategy and, and, and how to do it successfully. But before I do that, I want to tell you just a quick story as kind of, you know, an example and kind of relates to what we're talking about. And so I want to tell you guys that, you know, my grandfather who passed away about two years ago um, was a carpenter. He was a carpenter all his, all his life, actually met my grandmother working at the White House in DC. He was redoing the stairs for Kennedy. Um, and so he was a carpenter all of his life. But I've overheard him in numerous situations where somebody would call and, and, you know, be talking to my grandfather and say, you know, I've got, you know, this problem in the house. Like, you know, I've got, you know, this wall needs to be fixed. And he would always ask a lot of questions. So he'd ask questions like, well, you know, what kind of studs are behind the wall? Or, you know, what kind of drywall is on there? How big is the opening? Um, You know, was it fastened with screws or nails? Um, Is there electrical behind the wall? You know, so many questions when I feel like most people just say, okay, the wall needs to be fixed. I'm just going to go over there with, you know, with everything. And so what he would do is he would ask all these questions and gather all this information and he would come back and he would go to his workshop and grab his toolbox, but he would select the tools that are best for that situation. So he would throw out everything else and he'd have only the tools that are best for that particular situation. So he wouldn't need, you know, for example, he doesn't need a chainsaw to fix a wall, right? But don't bring that tool you know, just kind of eliminate that tool. But what a lot of traders do, and so this is our segue, what a lot of traders do in this market is they act like kind of a new carpenter. So they find a stock that they like and they kind of take their toolbox, which has all of their trades, and they dump their toolbox out on the counter and say, okay, which, which one am I going to choose? So they have all of these tools laid out and they're trying to pick, you know, out of everything that's laid out and they just kind of get blinded by everything that they could do. They could do this strategy or that strategy or this strategy or wait, they could do this one or that one. And they have so much out there that they get analysis paralysis, right? And then they end up, they don't make a decision because it's so hard. There's so many options, no pun intended, so many strategies to choose from that they don't make a selection on what they want to do. So I'm here to tell you that the best way to pick a strategy is to eliminate the ones that don't work. So in our example with my grandfather and the carpenter, he's fixing a wall. He doesn't need a chainsaw, right? So you eliminate the chainsaw. We don't even need to bring that up. It's completely out of context for what he's doing. And that's the same way you should be looking at the market. You should be looking at the market and saying, okay, in this market environment, what can I automatically eliminate right off the bat? How can I make the strategies I'm selecting or the universe of strategies I'm selecting from smaller and more narrow so that's easier for me to make a decision. Instead of looking at every single tool individually and saying, does this work? Does this work? Does this work? Let's eliminate a whole bunch of them right off the bat and then really focus in and kind of be strategic about the ones that we select. So going along those lines, inside of optionalpha.com, if you're a member, you can just sign up there. It's free, obviously, to go there and sign up. We have an ultimate strategy guide, and you guys can get this ultimate strategy guide in ebook format. You just got to go to optionalpha.com slash ebook, and you can download it right away. There's no cost for this. We give it out to everybody for free. 
And inside of our strategy guide online, we have an interactive guide. And again, it's very simple, but powerful. And I feel like in everything in life, the simple things are the things that are the most powerful. It doesn't have to be complicated for it to mean a lot. And in our strategy guide, we basically ask you three questions, or there's basically three steps to our strategy guide. And this is the process that everyone should follow as they kind of go through and pick the right strategy. The first step in that process is directional assumption. So directional assumption basically means, do you have an opinion on where the market is going for that stock? Now, I'm here to tell you that, frankly, your opinion doesn't really matter and carries no weight, right? Because we're usually wrong 50% of the time anyway, right? Even the guys on Wall Street that do this for a living have been wrong 50% of the time and there's been tons of research to prove that even if you have a ton of money and you're on Wall Street and insider information, whatever, you're still wrong 50% of the time. But what I'm trying to push across is that you have to have some sort of assumption, right? You got, you got to have some sort of bias and maybe a hunch or whatever. And this is kind of where, you know, options trading and stock trading, you know, gets a little fun. You can, you know, you got a little bet, you think it's going to go long or you think it's going to go short or it's going to rally or whatever the case is, but have some sort of directional assumption. That means that you're either bullish, bearish, or you're neutral. And those three things are what you can choose from. Now, once you've decided on which direction that you think the stock might go using technical analysis or whatever, the next thing that you have to look for is implied volatility. Now, here at Option Alpha, we teach you to look for not only implied volatility, but implied volatility percentile or implied volatility rank. And again, you can go back to one of the shows that we did before on implied volatility rank and percentile. I believe it was show number seven, so optionalpha.com slash show seven, and you can get that show in all the show notes. But implied volatility is basically asking, is implied volatility at a high level or low level? And again, this is going to help us narrow the universe of strategies that we can select. So if implied volatility is high and possibly could go lower, then we want to choose all the strategies that profit from that type of situation. If not, if implied volatility is low, then we don't want to take advantage of any strategy that would profit from a decline in implied volatility because it's already at a low level. Okay, so this is a really easy way to quickly eliminate half of the potential universe of strategies out there just by figuring out where implied volatility is relative for that stock. Now, the third thing that you do in our three-step process is finally choose a strategy. Once you've figured out where you are directionally, bullish, bearish, or neutral, and once you've figured out where implied volatility is, high or low, that basically narrows the universe of strategies down to maybe one to three strategies, okay? So in any situation, you might have one to three strategies that you can choose from. Now, I don't know about you, but I would rather choose from three strategies than to choose from, say, 30 strategies, right? This whole idea that we've eliminated so many things that don't fit this market and this situation and this assumption that we have on the stock. Now we are choosing between three strategies that might work best for our portfolio. And those three strategies might be a, a risk-defined trade, like, an, like a credit spread, or an undefined risk trade, like a strangle or a straddle. But at least we've got the universe narrowed down to three strategies. So again, it makes it so much easier and we don't go through this analysis paralysis. So right here on the website, let me just kind of go through an example here. And again, 
We'll go through this a little bit more in the closing bell as we talk about some of the other stocks like OIH and Yahoo and MA, which is uh, MasterCard. But let's say that you are directionally bullish on a stock. Okay, so now directionally bullish on a stock basically narrows our universe of strategies down to basically six strategies that we have here. Okay, so just being bullish quickly narrows the field down to six strategies. We can do a credit put spread, a short put, a butterfly, a debit call spread, a call calendar spread, and a call back spread. Okay, so those are the six strategies just by saying that I'm bullish on the direction of the stock. Now, obviously, that's a lot of different things to choose from, right? And you're probably saying to yourself, well, again, this is where I you know, kind of fumble here, Kirk, because I don't know which one of those six to choose from. So the second question that we ask is, is implied volatility high or low? Let's say that implied volatility is high or above the 50th percentile as we teach. If the implied volatility is above the 50th percentile and you're bullish, then that now narrows the field of strategies down to a put credit spread, a short put, or a butterfly. Now you can choose between those three strategies. There's two risk-defined strategies, meaning you know you put up a defined amount of capital, and there's an undefined risk strategy in the short put where you put up some margin and your margin could fluctuate. But now you're able to choose from those three strategies to figure out which way you want to go with your portfolio and with your risk tolerance. Now let's say that implied volatility was low. So we have the same bullish assumption, but implied volatility is low. In this case, now our universe of strategies is narrowed down to a call debit spread, a call calendar, or a call back spread. And again, so now we've gone from six quickly down to three, and we can decide which of these three kind of fits our overall portfolio, which one we like to trade, which one we understand how to trade best, and we can make that trade. So very, very simple, and again, a three-step process like this kind of, you know, people glance over this and go, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a three-step process. But I'm here to tell you that if you can quickly decide direction and IV rank, is implied volatility high or low, then you are more quickly able to make a decision on which strategy to choose. And that not only helps you save time, but it makes you more robotic and mechanical in how you trade, which is the whole idea, right? Removing your emotions, removing you know, kind of too much analysis from the market and just being consistent and robotic with your trading. So hopefully that was a really good example, hopefully kind of going through this three-step process that we go through and using that kind of carpenter example with people dumping their tools out on the calendar is really, really helpful. But let's get into the closing bell and talk about those three stocks. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now trades we're making and hear our game plan moving forward. Okay, so in today's closing bell, we're going to look at three particular stocks, OIH, Yahoo, and MA, which is MasterCard. And I just kind of picked these three because they kind of fit what we were talking about. And um, we have trades in some, not all of these, you know, currently on the membership side of our website, which obviously you can go to and sign up for a free trial and all that stuff and see all of the trades. Uh, but we're going to start out tonight with OIH. So currently, since you can't see the chart of OIH, but it's been in really, you know, a little bit of a decline. So at the time of this recording, you know, OIH, you know, has been from a high of 58 back in July, down here in November, down to lows of about 44. So 
let's just say that because of that decline, you're directionally bullish in this, in in oil and the whole oil sector, right? That it might kind of rebound a little bit, and that's generally how I feel and how I'm currently positioned at the time of this recording. I'm generally bullish in oil, and I think it might go higher, okay? Now, again, I don't know if it's going to go higher. Who knows if it's going to go higher, but that's my underlying assumption. So now I've narrowed it down to all bullish strategies. So I throw out any strategy that's neutral, and I throw out any strategy that's bearish. So I've cut my universe of option strategies by a third automatically because of my directional assumption. Now I look at implied volatility percentile, and I see that oil has an IV rank of 65, so what that means is that oil has relatively high implied volatility right now, meaning that I want to be using strategies that take advantage of a decline in volatility. So again, now that I know I'm directionally bullish and implied volatility is high, I can take advantage of a decline in implied volatility and possibly move up in the stock with something like a credit put spread. So I would sell a put spread below the market, take in a credit, hopefully to see OIH continue to rise or stay here and gain some money that way with a decline in the value of the options. Okay, so that's a really clean, quick example of how we got to that point where we could decide on a strategy. The other one that we can look at is Yahoo. So ticker symbol YHOO. Now Yahoo's a little bit different than oil. Yahoo has been on a really, really long and hard run since its earnings. So it's gone from pretty much a low of about 33 back in July up to 53 just recently. So a huge, huge run up and it's gone almost kind of parabolic. Now I'm a little bit bearish on Yahoo just again, cause I'm, you know, the kind of guy who plays the market cyclicality, you know, what comes up, you know, will come back down and kind of become a little bit cyclical and kind of even out. So I'm bearish in Yahoo again, that now eliminates a third of the universe of strategies. I no longer want to look at bullish trades. I don't want to look at neutral trades. I only want to look at bearish trades. The second question I'm going to ask is where is implied volatility? Now, unlike oil, Yahoo's had a run up, which means that implied volatility has actually come down in Yahoo. So Yahoo has implied volatility that's at the 35th percentile, meaning that almost 65% of the time, implied volatility is going to be higher in Yahoo over the course of the next year. Okay, so that's statistically what's going to happen. So now my universe has gone from all trades, just to bearish trades, just to trades that are bearish and take advantage of possibly a move higher in implied volatility. So that means that for Yahoo, I could trade a debit put spread, I could trade a put calendar spread, or I could trade a put ratio spread. And in this case with Yahoo, we'd probably trade a put debit spread. And in fact, we actually have a position in Yahoo currently where we're trading a put debit spread. It's making a little bit of money already because we entered it you know, about a week ago. So we're trading a put debit spread where we're actually paying money and we want Yahoo to go down in value, which is a little bit different than a put credit spread which we would do in, in OIH, where we actually want OIH to go up in value. Again, but you can see how I quickly can narrow it down just by looking at direction, where am I directionally, and where do I think, or where is implied volatility. Now, the last one that we're gonna look at is MA, which is MasterCard. Now, MasterCard's a little bit different, okay? So this one's completely different. I kind of threw this one in here as a little bit of a curveball for everyone tonight, but you can check this out on our strategy guide and you'll see what I mean once I go through it. But MasterCard, like Yahoo, has had a huge run up. So it's gone from a low of about 70 up to a high of about 86. But the last month or so, 
MasterCard has basically traded sideways. It's traded in about a dollar range for about a month now. And implied volatility is very, very low. It's in the third percentile, or it's in the it's in a IV percentile of three. So what that means is that with MasterCard, 97% of the time over the next year, MasterCard is going to have probably higher implied volatility than it has right now. It's in the third percentile, which means that only 3% of the time over the last year, implied volatility has been lower. Now, because I'm directionally neutral on MasterCard, it's been trading sideways, that again eliminates all of the bullish strategies and any of the bearish strategies. So we're only dealing with neutral strategies at this point. But because implied volatility is low, this actually for us at Option Alpha and the way we trade actually becomes a trade that we pass on. Okay, And that's sometimes a trade that you need to make. And I don't see enough traders making this type of trade, which is why I wanted to use it as an example here in the closing bell segment. This is a type of trade we would pass on because we just don't know where the stock is going to go. It's We're neutral on stock. It's you know had a huge run up, but it's traded sideways since then. And implied volatility is not rich enough, and that's where we get our theoretical edge. When implied volatility is high, that's really where we make the most of our money. So in this case, we're going to pass on this trade because sometimes the best trade is no trade at all. And I wanted to, again, throw that in there because I don't see enough traders doing that. And sometimes it's actually the difference between making money and losing money long term. Keep your capital and wait for a better opportunity. If this isn't a great trading opportunity and you don't know where the stock is going to go or you don't have a directional assumption, could just move on to the next trade. And that's exactly what we do with MasterCard. This would be a complete pass for us. We would not you know, take another glance at it. We wouldn't look at liquidity or strike prices or option contracts. We wouldn't look at any of that stuff. Right now, it already kind of throws it out as completely a pass. We move on to the next trade. So hopefully kind of looking at those three examples was really, really helpful just to kind of wet your whistle a little bit about how you can use this in your own trading. And again, you can grab our free strategy guide at optionalpha.com slash ebook, or we'll have a link to it in our show notes at optionalpha.com slash show 11, which is just the number 11, optionalpha.com slash show 11. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right. I truly hope that you guys enjoyed today's show as always and got at least one thing out of it you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. And I hope what you guys got out of this show was this idea that strategy selection is a process of elimination and not selecting any particular strategy. We have to eliminate the strategies that completely don't work and then focus on analyzing the few that work for that market situation and environment. Now, as always, you can find any additional show comments, mention links, or some video tutorials on the different strategies that we have by going to optionalpha.com show 11. That's just the number 11, optionalpha.com show 11. And until next time, happy trading.